and welcome to episode 96 of the Hillcrest Duo. It is being taped on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. I am your host, Brad Risto. You can follow me out on Twitter. I am at Brad Risto. I am, of course, joined by my illustrious co-host. He is Metal John, and he is... At Metal John Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, I'm Outsider Brad on Instagram, but I don't use it that often. I like Twitter more. Yeah, Twitter's good for like the the news and. Well, the, you know. I get I get plenty of photos on uh, Twitter. It's, the one just for photos just seems to be a waste to me. I don't get it with all those um uh, boops and bops and what you kids are doing. That's a sign. That's a sign that we're getting older when we start complaining about other social medias like that- not being interesting enough. Like I feel the same about Snapchat. I know people that are on Snapchat, and oh, me too. I'm I, just not really I, into it. But you know, for 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 people that like are into like uh, intimate stuff, that's what Snapchat's for. Well, like and cyberbullying like, because and cyberbullying too. That's because it disappears. Yes. you know, it's like oh, I could I could flash you my dong, yeah. send it to you on Snapchat, knowing you're only going to look at it once and it's gone. Or you can make fun of <laughs> Jennifer. You are so fat, Jennifer. Do you know that? And God. And then she'd be like, you called me fat. Like, no, I didn't. Prove right? it. You got it's no gone. proof. It's gone. It's gone. You got no proof, Jennifer. I never called you fat. You're my best friend. But it was, it's been a few weeks since we've uh, <laughs> yes. chatted. Uh, a lot has happened since uh, our last podcast. Uh, I went out, to, out of town. I went to Portland. Uh, the Oscars were on. Yes. Um, we were a lot right. of people went to jail. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were right. Um, Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse won the Oscar. Yeah, that was probably about the best thing about the Oscars was that one winning. Well, um, I want to I want to talk about something that's kind of neat about that. Um, Mashawana Ali, he was uh, obviously one best supporting actor in the Green Book. Green Book won best picture, and he's Aaron Davis in Enter the Spider Verse, so he's technically in what would be the two top movies. Yeah, actually, you're 100 percent correct, and not to mention the night of the Oscars was also the season finale of True Detective. The season he's a star on, and very good season, by he, the way. Very he good just season. had a hell of a year run, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, and I mean, he's been a good actor for a very long time. He's actually done just so much stuff. Yes. It goes to show, like, when you're a hardworking actor and you just put yourself in a lot of things. Sometimes <laughs> things, things stick, but he's yeah. a great actor. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, it was good to see Green Book win. Green Book was... Probably out of all of the movies nominated, like the most, like probably the most serious movie. Um, there were some problems with it that a lot of people had that it might not have been a 100% accurate telling. That's the problem with your strike. So was Vice. I mean, Vice actually, from what I could tell watching the movie, and I don't know much about Dick Cheney, which I do know he is very secretive, didn't really like talk a lot about what his what he was doing and why he was doing it. But this movie kind of said, well, he didn't talk about it, but we think it's this, so we're going to put this in the movie. You know, which may or may not have a been true. A fair point, but <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, so, but I mean, I enjoyed Vice, but I'm not going to sit there and like judge his character and his, the rest of his life based on what these guys wrote about him. Same with Green Book. Like, I, I'm sure it's not 100% accurate. And it's so hard to get anything 100% accurate. Same with Bohemian Rhapsody. I was just talking about this with a friend yesterday. And we were talking about, yeah, it's a good movie, mm-hmm. but do we really know if things happen in the movie exactly the way they did? Like, I suppose. Like, my buddy yes. pointed out that Queen never broke up. But apparently in the movie they broke up. 
Eh, they might have. They might have had a fight, but maybe. They, but you know, the movie kind of over dramatized it. And, yes. You know. Yes. And speaking of that, Rami Malek obviously won Best Actor. Well deserved. Well deserved, but he's being talked about being in Bond Twenty Five as the villain. I heard about that. Um, I have, and when I saw that, it made me think of one thing. And I actually talked to our resident Bond fan, and that being Cousin Stan. And I asked him this one question: Would you want them to find a way to sneak? all the living former Bonds in to Bond 25. Ooh. He said no, but I, but I also talked to my, my brother-in-law, who's also a Bond fan, and I'm like, and he had a great idea and a great one, and that would be um, in Bond 25, finally confirming that James Bond itself is a code name. So you could have Sean Connery, James Bond. You could have um, Daniel Craig, James Bond. And you can do this because of that, whoever the next James Bond will be. Yeah. All in one scene. And I think that could be really dope. Yeah, I, I could see them doing something like that. But I also think or you like, could just I, I could think it's a little gimmicky because Bond has never done anything like that before. But it's Bond 25. Yeah, exactly. So there's they could do a lot of things. But going back to your point on the codename thing, I've always felt that that's what James Bond was. I've never once watched James Bond movies thinking... They were continuing the story. You never you know? thought it was the same person. You never, never thought, thought it was the same person. No. Always thought James Bond was a code name like, oh, you are the new James Bond. Double, you know? Agent 007 yeah. James Bond is exactly. the full title. Exactly. So I've always thought of that because I feel like the movies never – the, you could watch – you could just pull one out of a hat and watch it and, and follow it. True. Like it doesn't connect to the other movies. You know, yeah, they do have eh, – Tracy Bond. Tracy Bond. Yeah. Where he gets married as one uh, Bond and then goes to his wife's grave as uh, the, the next James Bond. But other than that, it, yeah. it, it, that, that is the only one connecting strand throughout all 25 Bond films. Yeah. I mean, and they have, you know, what was it? Judy Dench was in as M a lot. She was as she was M for a lot of James Bond movies for different James Bonds. He, she so was. was like I, I mean, and in that one, obviously, um, uh, her last one in Skyfall, she gets killed off, and then there's a new M. Exactly. So that's so why I feel I, like I, I feel like that. It's and I think been that's that how way. you could do it. I think you could if you wanted to. And, um, and do I'd something be in favor special. of them having former villains make cameos in some form. That I don't be know fun if too. they would play themselves, like play their former right. character. Well, you don't need every James Bond to play the James Bond character. I'm yeah. just saying that one scene I described with Sean Connery, who most people, well, who a lot of people, who's a lot of people's favorite James Bond. Yeah. Have Daniel Craig, and then whoever. Who's will your be. first James Bond? Like when you think like, oh, like the first one I can remember is Pierce Brosnan same. because of Goldeneye. Yeah, same. Goldeneye was like I think my first James yes. Bond movie, and because of Goldeneye '64. Mm, slappers only. Slappers only, and if you played as proximity odd... mines. Oh, prox... I like remote mines. Oh yeah, see, I didn't get in the remote ones. No, proximity remote mines, mines always one. got me. I always ran right into them. I was like, mm, here's a doorway. My favorite, my favorite <laughs> level was the second level of that game, the facility level, just going around and being all stealthy, and I would always ruin the timeline because I would kill Alec before he could, you know, get killed. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't know the story of the movie. I hadn't seen it yet, so I was just going around. I see a guy. Oh God! Blink, blink, blink. What would you like if Rami Malek, if he does get cast as a Bond villain, 
what kind of villain would you like to see him be? Would he be more of like the crime boss guy? Like he's the guy who hires the guns, hires the big shots? I don't know. If or, or would he actually be like the guy going after the the goose egg or whatever? <laughs> you know, yeah, the, you mean going going up after direct, the nuclear yes. weapon? What, and like, going up directly against James Bond in a fist fight? You yeah, see, see, I just I, don't know if he can contend with Daniel Craig. But I suppose if you say he's got some kind of just amazing fighting style that goes in on pressure points. Yeah. Sure. But, I mean, he's such a good actor. I mean, I, I, I would definitely want to see him have some really good evil villain dialogue, like at the poker table. But I just don't see him getting into a physical altercation you with see, James I Bond. Think so I think be, he's going to have to hire guys. You no, know? I would love for him to be the main antagonist, the agent he's going up directly against. And obviously, since it was established in the last one, being a agent of Spectre. Yeah. I would be completely or, or what if he's like that. what if he's not a villain but they put him in the movie as kind of uh as another agent but then plot twist he's actually working with the villain <laughs> that a double work, agent, you know a rogue agent yeah. of some sort that would be fun but anyways uh on this episode of the podcast as you can tell we're yes. just kind of randomly Whee! ranting um uh, we do want to talk about Ghostbusters three, which we really well, haven't whatever talked it is. much Ghostbusters, about. Ghostbusters, um, a continuation at the very least, as um, uh, Ivan Reitman's son gets to direct the next film. Yeah, I mean, we don't know much about it, but uh, a few things have come out. You I know. saw something this morning about um, uh, potential kid stars. Yeah, I I saw that too. The Hollywood Reporter. Um, uh, mentioned that uh, uh, you know Reitman's on the lookout for to cast four teenagers consisting of two girls, two boys. Um, there has been some casting rumors, and um, it's just for like adult actors. But the story is also reported to follow a single mom and her family. Well, I saw. Um, um, uh, hold on, give me just like five seconds here. We do know this, though. We do know filming is going to be taking place this summer, and the anticipation is a, a July 2020 release. Um, but that's really all, all we know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, well, I, I guess uh, here Reitman, we are. Reitman did say though that this will be a sequel that is set inside the universe of the first two films. Yes, here it is. Um, um, uh, Stranger Things, Finn Wolfhard, and Infinity Wars, Carrie Coon are being talked about being two of the stars. Okay, and Carrie Coon was also on the Leftovers, which mm-hmm. I watched that. That was a good show. Um, so I'm, I'm excited, you know, about it. We'll just see how, how it plays out. I mean, the fact they're putting in the same universe as the first two films, I think is a good relief for like all well, old I, school buster fans yeah. like us. And, uh, I'm, and I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get some cameos. Oh, I'm sure. I look forward to seeing this. It would, I, it was one of my favorite, um, uh, I just don't know if they're going to be able to capture the, the. Oh, I doubt it. But. I mean, because that's what makes the first two movies so good is like... Well, the, the second humor, one is bad. Yeah, but the humor, the setting, just like everything about uh, about the feel of the movie, I, it's going to be really hard for them to capture that in a new Well, movie. you know, the first one was the first time that amazing, at the time, at the time, special effects and high-end humor were put together in one film, so... Yeah. That's not going to happen, and obviously for us, it also had the connection of the Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah. I wonder if Dickless will be in it. (laughs) I don't don't think William Atherton will be in it. I know that. All right. Um, Maybe they'll have someone play Walter Peck's son. Yeah. Have you had a chance to check out the Umbrella Academy, the new Netflix series? I have not. I've heard great things about it. 
All right, so I, I'm only two episodes in, so this is no spoilers, just... Spoil whatever just, you want just about the instant, first Just instant, instant reaction. Um, so when I first saw, like, the trailer for it, I'm like, okay, this is X-Men. Um, I watched the first episode of it, and it's basically X-Men meets Watchmen with a little bit of kick-ass. Nice! So it's kind of like that team-up, you know, like characters of like with different personalities, different types of powers, all working together, like X-Men and Watchmen, mm-hmm. you know, but then you kind of have like some really violent, vulgar... violence. So that's where the kick-ass comes in. So if you're into like X-Men and kick-ass and want to see kind of a, a mix-up of that, you'll probably like the show. I do like the show. Nifty. Um, it's, you know, it, it's got some interesting... I mean, it's got some great casting. Uh, Ellen Page, Tom Hopper, Mary J. Blige. Um, the characters themselves, still trying to get to know them a little bit, two episodes in. But overall, the concept mm-hmm. is um, 43 infants are, are born to random, unconnected women with no signs of pregnancy. Yeah. And then seven of them are adopted by a billionaire and... And he names them number one, number two. You know, he kind of well, has numbers I'm for name them. My kids. Um, and now we fast forward to the future, and father has died. The guy who adopted them, the mm-hmm. billionaire, and so that death has brought them all back together from different parts of the world where they've okay. been living for the last twenty years. And so there's flashbacks of them being teenagers, and then now they're trying to investigate father's death, and they're uncovering family secrets. But in a superhero sounds, powers sounds world. Sounds good, but I, I, that's how I will name my kids, with just numbers. and yeah, they're number, uh, number one. And they're going to change, too. They're going to move up and down the rankings. Oh, I like that idea. <laughs> you know what? You're number two now. As soon as you have oh, baby Oh, you're going to whine? Two. You're going to whine? Guess what? You're down to number four. Yeah. I like that idea. Anyways, it's decent, and I'm going to keep watching it. Um I think the Watchmen's starting soon on Showtime. Isn't that starting this summer? I don't have premium TV. I know. I'm probably going to get. I'm probably going to do a cord cut soon because I can. Get well, I got to get that CBS All Access next month for uh, Twilight Zone. Zone. Jinx. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, but Umbrella Academy is pretty good. Okay. I also watched uh, on Netflix the documentary of Ducked in Plain Sight. Warning: that is a little difficult to watch for the first half hour. Um, Why? Well, pedophilia. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. And bad, 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 bad. But that is probably one of the most bizarre, like true crime stories. And you love yourself some true crime. But I'm telling you, when I say this is probably the most bizarre, it definitely is. Because I mean, this takes place in the '70s, and just the way things played out and how they continued to play out for years. Mm-hmm. It's it's extremely bizarre. Like I said, the first half hour is a little hard to watch because you're just learning that this guy was obsessed with this little girl and right. you know and, and trying to brainwash yourself. But then you start learning more and more and more and more about this guy and about the family and about just the situation. And that's when you really become hooked. You're like, I got to see how this plays out. This is crazy. See, at um, that point, that's when I go online and I do my own internet research and find everything, because I don't have the patience to see a full movie anymore. Yeah, well, it's, it's an hour and 40 minutes long. Anyways, but it's very How bizarre. How play out? I gotta know. But it, it's very bizarre. Um, I will say that. And I was checking out to see what's coming out on Netflix this month, because obviously I'm looking for stuff to watch. A um, couple of uh, Netflix movies with some big stars. The Highwaymen, 
Um, comes out near the end of the month. Woody Harrelson, Kevin Costner, as they track down Bonnie and Clyde. So wow. this is going to be like a Bonnie and Clyde, like from the detective standpoint. Film. Oh, cool. So we're we're going cool to see them get this. We're going to get to see the end of Bonnie and Clyde when they get gunned down by the police. Yeah, setting up that roadblock and getting the guns. Getting the guns out and just... They're dead. So I, I'm, I'm do we, pretty... Do you think I'm they're pretty, dead yet? Nah, keep shooting. <laughs> you make sure. Yeah, this car doesn't have enough bullet holes in it. Uh, Triple Frontier is the Ben Affleck movie that uh, I think it's about like a, you know former, like war veterans... Going rogue against the government or something. That Going I guess that's rogue. been in works for a while now, and it's finally getting its release this month. Um, uh, David Fincher has an R-rated animated anthology called Love, Death, and Robots. I kind of want to see it just based on the name. Yeah, I can see you wanting to see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, this one just came out. I might try to watch this when I'm done with Umbrella Academy. It's called Losers. It's a Netflix original. In a winning-is-everything society, yeah, yeah. how do we handle failure? Using sports as its guide, the documentary series examines the psychology of losing. La who, the her. So it's a movie about me. I'm I'm not getting any money out of this, and I don't like that. Um, and then uh, I know you you like the rest of development, right? They got season yeah. five B coming out this month as well. Season five. Oh, there you are. So I didn't watch the B. I didn't watch the Bs. I watched the original series, but I didn't go through the B the B sides. Right. Okay. Well, but that's that's what's coming out. And you also um, were out of town last week. Yeah, Portland. You were in Portland. You went to Voodoo Donuts. Yes, I did. And, First stop, actually. And you were... Uh, it was okay. It was okay. No, Punchki uh, Day is... Uh, by the way, uh, on Donuts, Punchki Day is Tuesday. Place your orders for Punchki. Okay. So, uh, Portland was... Uh, it rained the whole time I was there. Okay. So, it fits the stereotype. Yep. Uh, so, when we land, we take Uber. I'm talking to Uber driver about places to eat stuff. Because here's one thing about Portland. Portland's not known for one particular type of food. No. They're known for their street food and food trucks, and they're but like they're not Austin. known for, like, they don't have, you know, like, an iconic dish. I get you. They're, they are East, well, they are East Coast, West Coast Austin. Yeah, but if you... They even, I think they even stole Austin's Keep Austin Weird thing. Yeah. Um, they, so, you know, you kind of look up online, like, places to eat, places to check out. Voodoo Donuts is up there uh, on a lot of lists. So I do ask the Uber driver. I'm like, so what's your impression of Voodoo Donuts? He goes, it's a tourist trap. I figured He's like, there's always a long line. He goes, the donuts are overrated. I'm like, well, first of all, I don't think it's possible for donuts to be overrated. How dare you besmirch donuts? Now, I get, like, I mean, we've got those gourmet donut places in in Chicago that put, like, bacon on their donuts and stuff like that. Yeah, Dan's Donuts. I love Dan's Donuts. So we've got that. Already in Chicago. So they're not doing anything new for me. But I'm like, all right, got to go check it out. Because when I was at the airport, I landed first. I was waiting around for about 45 minutes for my friend to land. And while I was waiting in the airport, people were walking through the airport with the pink voodoo donut boxes. And you want Like, that was their check-in. I, like, that was their carry-on. That- you know, it's like, I was like, holy cow. I was like, people are bringing these donuts home on the plane with them. I was like, yeah, I definitely have to go. So we uh, took a walk over there, and they said it's hit or miss. Either there's going to be a line down the street around the corner, or there's going to be nobody there. And when we went, there was nobody there. So we walked, walked right in, right up to the counter. They had, like, the little, like, all the different donuts. Took a quick glance at them. I bought six donuts, six different ones. I did not eat all six. I tried all six. Um, 
and they were all restraint. You yeah. didn't devour they were, them. They all. were good. Uh, blueberry one was very full of flavor. Um, they had one called the Old Dirty Bastard. I like that. Name. Now here's the thing: is I picked out a few. I wanted the maple bacon one. I wanted the signature voodoo guy one that was like jelly filled. Yeah. Um, so I got one of those, but. I asked the girl behind the counter, I'm like, which one is your favorite? She goes, I like the Old Dirty Bastard. She's like, it's a chocolate peanut butter donut with, like, Oreos on top. I, I want, was like, give I want, me that I want, one. I want, I want, I want. I was like, give me the Old Dirty Bastard. Those are all Bastard. my favorite things. And, yeah, I love chocolate and peanut butter. So that one was probably the best of all of them was that one. So I'm mm-hmm. really glad I got that one. And that just goes to show, that's a good tip. When you go to a place like that that's, like, got a lot of options and – has a lot of different opinions. If you ask somebody who works there, what is your favorite? Well, that's I always do that. When we go to the hotel, we I don't go to the concierge. I just talk to one of the workers that are like, what's your favorite restaurant? No, don't tell me where you want me to go. What's your favorite restaurant in this area? That's how yeah. I want. Well, it's the same. Like somebody comes to Chicago, like, oh, where's, I want a beef sandwich. I hear Portillo's. I'm like, all right, well, you yeah. go to Portillo's. They're good, but a beef sandwich to me, like, there's a lot of really good options, and I think... If you a want, good, a, just a good quality greasy beef sandwich. You want to go to one of those grease pits. No, you want to go, for me, I, I would actually still go with the chain, but not Portillo's. I'd tell them to go to Al's. Al's is a good option, too. But that, like, you that know, one's my favorite, because I love But that, out in the suburbs, I mean, we got those places all over the place. Oh, God, so, like, yeah. Euros and beef sandwiches. and like I, So I always like... I always get mine dipped, by the way. Yep, get it dipped. Uh, for those of you not from Chicago, that means they take the entire beef sandwich and they dip it in the au jus. And Get the bread all wet and everything. Yes. Mm. Very messy though. Have some uh, have some napkins. But uh, you also went to Wizard World, World Port- Wizard World Portland. This was my first time going to a Wizard World in a different city. Um, the Chicago Wizard World is huge, obviously. Uh, Portland's not as big. Um, they probably only had about seventy five vendors there selling stuff, mm-hmm. and half of those were original artists, which. They seem to take up way too much space. And hey, I love the original. I mean, I, I have mad respect for them, but I never buy anything from them. I'll be buying something. Because <laughs> I don't care about. I, I don't. I mean, I don't buy original art. Like, what am I going to do with it? Like, hang I, it up. I don't have a place to hang it up. I got Batman posters hanging up. You can uh, get a Batman print. Uh, well, uh, there was this one that I saw that I saw a couple years ago that I almost bought for you. It had Harley Quinn and the Blackhawks. Oh, that's cool. And the Stanley Cup, because it was after they won the 2015 Stanley Cup, which you're wearing that shirt right now. Yeah, but uh, Cato Kalin was the host. Cato Kalin? And what I and, and here's the thing about Cato Kalin. Oh, my God. So we're waiting in line to get into Wizard World. Cato Kalin's on a wireless microphone walking through the crowd, asking trivia questions, and if you got it right, you got to go into the venue early. Um, and then throughout the show... He was on a wireless mic, basically emceeing the event. He's like, hey, it's Kato Kalin. I'm over here by this stage. We're going to have the kids' costume contest soon. And he's full of energy, walking around, high-fiving people, talking to people. I said hi to him. I'd be full of energy, too, if I was um, a no-talent hack and getting paid money to be at a, um, a comic book convention, too. But he was, he was just on Celebrity Big Brother. So, I, and I thought he was really entertaining on Celebrity Big Brother. So I've kind of have this new respect for Cato Kalin. And the fact that he's kind of into like the pop culture nerdy stuff, like you could tell like he was yeah, like really yeah. excited to be there. And it wasn't just, but he was the host of Wizard World Portland. I don't know if he's going to be the host of all of the Wizard Worlds. I think they got another one coming up here next week or two weeks from now in Cleveland. 
But um, and obviously ours is in August. Yeah, so that was interesting. Um, did meet Supergirl. She did not cancel like she does at a lot of conventions, but she actually showed up, and uh, that was cool. I got to meet her. I sat in on the Q and A because uh, her and uh, Tyler, who plays Superman on the series, yeah, they were both there. They did like a joint Q and A. Talked a lot about behind the scenes stuff and you know and and costumes and harnesses and. You know, being casted, and uh, it was a really good Q&A panel, so um, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, somebody did ask very entertaining question. It was foreign. I think it was, like, French or something. He asked them, what happens to all of the clothes? Like, Supergirl, you're always ripping off your shirt, ripping off your pants, and just throwing them on the ground. He's like, where do they go? Good question. And she was like, we asked the same question we to ourselves on set. We're like, oh, oh, here goes another shirt. Guess I gotta go buy another one. You asked one. the director, and they said, <laughs> shut up, Melissa, and get it. <laughs> just rip off that just, shirt. Just like the, um, uh, um, uh, I, I'm sure you've listened to it, the Ben Affleck commentary of Armageddon. But why do we have to send these oil guys? And and Michael Bay said, shut the hell up, Ben, and that, that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> just him making fun of armageddon just you can find these on uh youtube and they are worth just listening to the few scenes that he um uh, does the commentary you, for you bring up a good thing and we'll kind of end on this point um what is like your favorite movie to watch the commentary with i have a couple and I, and um, and i just like the ones where they um uh, have a good time and like Oh god, that was cold. That was horrible. Well, I, I mean, because I've gone back and rewatched some of the some of my favorite movies, and I'm like, I gotta watch it with commentary because you'll learn a lot. Like some the of Monster the Squad, for example, I watched that with commentary, and they talked about you know where they film things. Like, oh mm-hmm. my god, this building isn't even there anymore. You know, and they talked about, oh, this was such a hot day on set, and blah blah. blah. And you hear like little stories. Right. One of my favorite moments is the movie Swingers. You've seen the movie Swingers. Yeah. So. They filmed that movie with almost no budget. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very end of the movie, when they go into the bar where Big Bad Voodoo Daddy's playing, yeah. Heather Graham is sitting at the bar, and John Favreau's character makes eye contact with her, and he walks around to talk to her. They're talking about how they filmed this. Like, this was an open bar. All these people were not paid extras. They were just there while we were filming. <laughs> he's like, so we, we, he's like, we sent Heather Graham to the other side of the bar, told her to sit there, by herself, and then we were filming from the other side of the bar of her just sitting there. And there's a guy who's, like, trying to order a drink, but he's kind of got that lean-in thing where he looks like he's trying to hit on her, mm-hmm. and, and Heather Graham is just, like, completely ignoring him, like, just focused, like, like pretending to on be by scene. herself on the scene. <clears throat> and the guy had no clue that they were filming a movie. And they're like, watch this guy. He's, like, trying to hit on her. Like, he's, like, looking at her, and he's trying to get her attention. And then Vince, and then John Favreau's character walks around the bar, and cuts in and like starts a conversation with her. Yeah. And this guy gives him the dirtiest look, like, "Who the hell are you?" <laughs> like, and, and Vince Vaughn and John Favreau, those guys are laughing about it on the commentary. <laughs> so now every single time I watch the movie, I watch that guy and I laugh my ass off. You because, do realize <laughs> that would be you, right? Yes, of course it would. I'd be like. I'm trying to hit on this girl. Who the hell are you? Because <laughs> Jan Favreau was not well known back then. Um, no, no my favorite. And he was um, skinny too back then. My favorite on um, the commentary tracks. It's usually the ones where they just have a good time. So 
guys like Kevin Smith who can do their own shtick without oh, yeah. doing a commentary. Those ones are usually the best to me. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's it's why I, I love going back and watching some of my favorite movies, but, but with commentary just to get like or, really you good. You know, some of the like ones about where they um sat down to watch the movie again after filming it thirty years ago. This was thirty years ago. I don't really remember anything, and blah 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 blah, blah, blah and they just go off on wild tangents. Those ones are oh, yeah, good too. Bad gas that day. <laughs> it's like okay. I, I just remember uh, I, I I was we were filming, and right after I got the last line out. I just crap my pants. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, and I like here. when they point out mistakes, too. Like, they point out their own mistakes. Like, oh, watch this. Because even in the Swingers one, they point out a mistake where they're at the blackjack table. Because uh-huh. he, they show, like, a shot of the blackjack table, and he's got money in his bet already. And then the next scene, he doesn't have money. Oh, there. the continuity. Like, oh, look at that. Like, that's shitty film editing. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a, it, all, all those things are good. And I suppose that is a good place for us to finish. Um, we will be back soon. Uh, we have so, uh, we have a busy couple of weeks, but we're, we'll try and get one in after C2E2. Oh, yeah. It'll be t- our convention wrap-up, because I'm going to Cincinnati to Horror Hound for the very first time. Big horror movie convention. And... Brad, guess who's going to be there? One of my one of my crushes since I've been a little kid, since I've been a teenager. One of my teenage uh, crushes. Freddy Krueger? No, Christina Ricci. Oh. I, I you had, had a, a huge crush on I thought, her. I thought you had a crush on Freddy Krueger. No, nope. uh, Christina Ricci's going to be there, so I'm looking forward to meeting her. And then we got C2E2, which you're going to. I'm going to. Yes. Um, I'm going to meet David Tennant, I think. I've, I'll I'll see what I do. I don't know. But, I'll, meet, I'll meet. I'm there. But, I'll be going but, there at least Friday so, and Saturday. So we'll so. be back in a few weeks. We'll we'll recap our conventions and we'll also recap uh, Captain Marvel, which opens up yeah. here in two weeks. Um, that's about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. This has been another edition of the Hillcrest Duo. I am Brad Risto. Follow me on Twitter at Brad Risto. He is Metal John. And you can follow me on Twitter at Metal John Radio. Thank you for listening. See you in a couple weeks.